I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 373. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. How many things do we take for granted that we just know because culturally they have always been that way or just so? And in the South, for example, we say ma'am and sir, and that's how it's done. But in other areas of the country, that seems antiquated and sometimes is even offensive to people. And this is why we must never let our faith foundation be shaped by culture. We must let the word of God shape our thinking. We Are Messengers sings of one of these foundational truths in their song, Image of God. I can't wait to dive into this topic to see what God's word has to say about it. But first, let's listen. We are made, made in the image of, made in the image of God, beautiful shades of love. We are made, made in the image of, made in the image of God, that's where the light comes from, yeah. On today's podcast, we are going to take the bite of exploring a topic. The idea that we are made in the image of God is the topic that we are going to explore. Our goal is to discover how scripture reveals and defines this for us. Now, BITE, by the way, B-I-T-E is just an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. These are the exercises that I use to study and interact with God's word. I often remind my friends that I don't create bites, I curate them. So I don't, they, they don't come out of the sky for me. I either read them in books or hear them in talks or I ask my friends, what kinds of things do you do to interact with your Bible? And then I try them for myself and I add them to my list and then I share them with you. So if you've been a longtime listener, you will know that I prefer to study in larger chunks of scripture. However, There is a great value in discovering what the Bible as a whole reveals about a certain topic. So this is the best place to take the bite of consulting an outside resource. I generally advise consulting outside resources after you've read the text, after you've read the scripture for yourself. But when exploring a topic, sometimes the resource itself actually guides you to the section of scripture to read. Um, The best biblical resources to help with topical study and keep us grounded in truth are theology books that systematically pour over scripture to gain understanding as to what the scripture says about a topic. My recommended resource in this area is Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. It doesn't answer every single question. It is going to, uh, it does address the question that we're asking today. I'm going to go ahead and link to this resource in the show notes at michellenizat.com 
forward slash 373. It's a rather large volume, but it is a resource book that you will go back to over and over and over again. I actually purchased it on the Kindle because then it's not taking up so much room on my shelf and I can search it easier uh, using the search function on my Kindle app. So I have uh, been reading some other books also on this topic that either have chapters on being created in the image of God or take on the topic from a specific direction. One of the books I um, will reference in the show notes is talking about the attributes of God that we share with him. So I'll link to those resources as well. Finally, I'll link to the articles that I used to prepare for this week's podcast as well. Obviously, everything that I've been reading, I can't put into a 20-minute podcast, but I want to make these resources available to you because I really want to lead you down the same path that I've been on so that then you can interact with God's Word for yourself. That's my overall desire for you, that you will have an unreasonable desire for God's word, that you will interact with it yourself, and that that will lead to an unsurpassable relationship with God himself. This week, I will feel a little bit different because I'm going to point you to some conclusions when I normally point you to the source and just trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you to the conclusions. So here's how you can best interact with God's word on your own this week using this week's podcast. I will be highlighting some verses from all over the Bible. You can take the list that I will list out for you in the show notes. And if you are a subscriber to michellekneesat.com, those will be in your inbox on Monday morning already. You already they're already in the inbox in your inbox for you. But if you take that list of scripture and then take the bite of reading these verses in context, which I loosely define as the chapter before, the chapter that they're in, and the chapter after, um, then if you do that, then you'll be able to uh, see the truth conclusion that I've shared from these verses in the context of where they were first taught, even though we're going to be gathering these verses from all over to talk about being made in the image of God. Okay, so let's get started. Creator God designed you and me. He formed us, yes, but he designed us and he has a plan for how we are to interact with him and how we are to interact with the rest of creation and how creation interacts with him. He has a plan. In the beginning, the beginning of the Bible that tells the beginning of our story, in Genesis, we read this, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. That comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God's creation was very good. Each aspect of creation has a purpose and an intention by its creator. And he is oh so creative, don't you think? Uh, The beauty in nature, the complexity of the human body down to the creative design and structure of our cells and DNA And our complex world and universe and how it's all held together, it is very good. God's creative brilliance climaxes with humanity. Now, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 29 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So this is right there in that first chapter of Genesis. We see this beautiful picture of a master artist and his creation. My mother-in-law tried her hand at painting as an adult, and she was super creative and talented, and she really grew in this talent of art and and painting and skill. She didn't have even without even any formal training because she just had natural creative talent. She was amazing. One time, she chose a picture to paint for me that was of a New England scene, and it included a covered bridge and a church in the background, and it's still hanging in my house. I absolutely love it. She did an amazing job. It, it was proportioned correctly. The perspective was good, but she felt like it seemed a little flat. So she brought it to Aunt Sandy. Now, Aunt Sandy isn't really an aunt at all. She was married to a cousin and in reality was close to my mother-in-law like a sister. And we do that in the South. We have all sorts of relatives that aren't really related. But anyway, Aunt Sandy was a master painter. I have some of her pieces in my house too. She took that painting that my mother-in-law painted and put some finishing touches on it. And it's as if it came to life. Now, Genesis paints a picture of God who, like a master artist, finishes a masterpiece with extra care, attention, and precision. A master artist that literally brings humanity to life. And the reason the creation of humanity is the climax, the highlight of the creation story, is because mankind is the highlight of creation. And the reason humanity is the highlight is because it's only humans are the only ones that of God's creation that bear God's image. The Latin term is imago Dei, image of God. Let's go look back at verse 27. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So humankind was created to be a graphic image of the creator. Humankind was to be a formal image visible and understandable representation of who God is and what he's really like. Humans can know God in ways that the rest of creation cannot. We have moral, spiritual, uh, mental, relational aspects of our being that are imaged after our creator. We are made to represent God. We are made to relate to God and to rule on behalf of God. This was the plan from the beginning, and it is in our being made in God's image that humans possess inherent dignity. Listen, no government, no philosophy, no social movement can give humanity more dignity and worth than God has already done himself. Our value and worth does not come from ourselves. It doesn't come from a proclamation. It doesn't come from a law. It doesn't come from a group. It doesn't come from humans at all. It is God-given. And I want to throw in a great resource here. The Bible Project has a wonderful blog post and six-minute video on being made in the image of God. It's wonderful. I'll go ahead and link to it in the show notes as well. But make no mistake, we were created with value and for a purpose. And our purpose is to glorify God. God is originally speaking of his children in Isaiah 43, 1. Now, remember his 
original children were the Israelites, and that's who he's speaking of in Isaiah 43. But those who receive Christ as their personal Lord and Savior are now called the children of God. So we can still apply this scripture to ourselves, even though the original audience was were the Israelites specifically. But he says, Now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob... You can stick your name in there if you are a follower of Christ. He who created you, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And then he goes on in verse 7 to say, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Now, this is true not only of his of his children, but of all humanity. He formed and created and um, and breathed life into every human being on the planet. We are made in his image and we are created for his glory. Every human was formed by God, made in his image. His children, followers of Christ, bear his image And uh, all of our purpose is to glorify him, but we are representative children to the rest of humanity that is lost. And we are important to God. Wayne Grudem in his book, I mentioned earlier on systematic theology, in this chapter on the doctrine of man that I used heavily to um, create my notes for today, says this, when we realize that God created us to glorify him, And when we start to act in ways that fulfill that purpose, then we begin to experience an intensity of joy in the Lord that we have never known before. God is creator and designer. The earth and everything in it is his. And therefore, he gets to set the plans and directions for our lives. Psalm 24 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. God is creator and we are the creatures. We are not sovereign. Only God is sovereign. Our greatest pleasure and joy will come from accepting our assignment from our creator and living in line with how God created us and resting in the unimaginable thought that we are created in his image. But let's jump back again to be made in the image of God because that all happened in chapter one of the book, right? Uh, Genesis chapter one. And then Genesis chapter two, if you read it, it is it kind of tells it in a, another way. So Genesis one and two, if you ever get confused when you're reading Genesis one and two and you think, They already said that. It's like as if he was telling it again from a different perspective. Uh, But in Genesis chapter 3, there's this thing called the fall. So we ask, what about when Adam and Eve sinned and were separated from God's presence and mucked up the original plan that God had intended? Does this mean that we are no longer in the image of God? No, in the fall, God's image is distorted, but not lost. How do we know this? Well, because just just a few chapters down in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, in his covenant with Noah, God says this, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed for in the image of God has God made mankind. So he, God, uh, God himself is affirming that we are still made in his image. Just a few short chapters uh, down there in Genesis chapter 9. So even though men are sinful, there's still enough of God's image remaining in them 
to take an, that to take another life is to attack the part of creation that most resembles God. Man is still in God's image. And, and the New Testament confirms this as well. In James, when teaching about the tongue, he says this, uh, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And he goes on to say that this shouldn't be so, but the main thing that we want to see in this verse is a reaffirmation that the reason we shouldn't curse other people is because they are made in the image of God. But sin has distorted this image. It's, it's not exactly as it was prior to the fall. You know this. You see this when our sin nature rears its ugly head. Like James says, we curse people and sometimes we curse God. We're often selfish and we lie and we make choices that are against God's plan and purpose and direction. Ecclesiastes 7.29 says, God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. But when we enter into the new covenant with Christ, when we are rescued and brought back from the grips of sin and death by our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, we are set on a path of image-bearing renewal. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And even better than that, when Jesus returns, the transformation will be complete. 1 John 3, 2 says, But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And I wish we had time today to go into more detail of how we reflect God in his image. That could be a whole nother podcast on its own. I do want to recognize something that Wayne Grudem so artfully declares. He says, we must remember that even fallen sinful man has the status of being in God's image. Every single human being, no matter how much the image of God is marred by sin or illness or weakness or age or any other disability, still has the status of being in God's image and therefore must be treated with dignity and respect that is due God's image bearer. And he goes on to remind us of the profound implications for our conduct toward others. Every person deserves equal dignity and rights, no matter our race our mental capacity, our age, or our perceived value to society. And when we fail to recognize the image of God in each other, we devalue each other and ultimately mistreat each other. And then we absolutely miss out on the purpose that we have as image bearers, which is again, to glorify God. So as we wrap up today, it is appropriate to remember, this is why we do this. This is why we study God's word. When you rest in the beautiful truth that you are made in the image of God, that you are created to know him and to represent him to a lost and dying world, you will desperately pour over his revealed word to get to know him and allow it to begin to transform you back into what you should have been all along. When we want to know what it, what it should have been like to be human, we study scriptures Because they all point to Jesus, the only human who never sinned. So what's next? Well, read the first two chapters of Genesis. Really focus in on how God created humankind in the beginning, in his image. Um, Utilize some of the outside resources, both free articles that I'm going to link in the show notes and books that you might want to purchase. You can use those to explore what it means to be created in the image of God. Uh, read the references in the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 373 in context. 
ponder how our image bearing fits into the truths found in those various sections of scripture because they're bopped in, they're plugged in there to larger context. So it's just really interesting to, to read all those scriptures in context. If you want to focus in on a larger chunk of scripture, uh, consider 1 John chapter 3. It really dials into some of the conduct that should be evident in the life of a believer and a representative of God to the world uh, in, a, in a person who understands that they are made in the image of God and that they have a responsibility to bear that image to the world. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat or Facebook, Michelle L. Kneesat is my public page and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. And newreleasetoday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online, existing to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm super excited to be a part of this network. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in, so just submit your name and email address at michellekneesat.com forward slash 30daychallenge, and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers like Michael from Ohio, Kemper from Louisiana, and Valerie from Illinois. Welcome. Just a reminder, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. I mentioned that earlier, but in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource. You will get a, I take the, I will copy and paste those show notes into that email for you. You uh, get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. I am going to be taking a sabbatical for a month. It's been a couple of years since I've done this, and I have a very busy month. My my oldest daughter is graduating high school, and it's the perfect time for me to take a sabbatical from writing new podcasts. Uh, I am going to be replaying four podcasts in a row that I did way back when. Um, They're going to be featuring four different hymns as we move forward and then we'll hop back in in the month of June with brand new podcasts. Even if you've been a longtime listener, it's probably been a while since you've listened to these replays. And so I encourage you to come alongside us and, and listen to the replays of these podcasts. So next week I will be using the song You Are My Vision by Wren Collective to point us to scripture. It's my it's based on my favorite hymn, Be Thou My Vision. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 373. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.